Welcome to today's show. We're here today with Robert Zuccaro. He is the founder and CIO of Golden Eagle Strategies. Robert, welcome to today's show. Thank you, Aaron. It's a pleasure to be back always. Now, we've had Robert on several times in the past, and he's just a wealth of knowledge in the investment community there. And Robert, today I want to talk to you about your recent article that you published, um, and it is called, It's Transitory Inflation Wishful Thinking. And I, transitory inflation, that, that's a term I'm not quite familiar with. What exactly is transitory inflation? Well, it's a view held by the Federal Reserve that the bump in inflation that we're going through uh, will subside uh, in the next few months. But uh, it's wishful thinking for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, even if the rate of inflation does subside, we are still stuck with permanently high prices. Uh, since I wrote that uh, article, uh, which appeared in Family Office Network in July, uh, I've learned a lot more about uh, inflation and how heavily entrenched it is into the U.S. economy. Now, the federal government is not being forthright in reporting to the American people as to what the rate of inflation is. Now, why do you feel that is? Why don't you think we are getting all the information? Well, uh, they're trying not to alarm the public, and they are understating the rate of inflation, uh, in part because they're trying to pass uh, a $4.7 trillion spending plan, which will only exacerbate inflation, which, according to uh, my work, shows that inflation in the U.S. is not running at a 5.4% annual rate as released by the Department of Labor uh, through 12 months and in August, it's somewhere in the vicinity of 12 to 15%. And as we speak, I will explain the reasons behind my view. Whoa, so you say it's actually 12 to 15% right now? Yes, I think that's where we currently stand. How do you think the markets are going to react? Well, before that, I want to talk about the rate of inflation. So. Uh, okay your audience can understand this better because it is a big thing. A lot of your viewers go to the market, they're consumers, and uh, they know firsthand that inflation is running higher than 5.4%. Let's look at the cost of shelter, which has reported as being up 2.8% over the past 12 months. Existing home sales have been running at a, uh, at a, at a rate increase of 20%. Uh, Realtor.com, reports that rent inflation over the past 12 months is running at 8.5%. The federal government reports it running at 2.8%. The apartment list reports a higher reading on the rate of uh, rent inflation, and they show an 11.5% increase. Now comes the really bad news on energy costs, which were reported being up 25%. Gas prices in the past 12 months, and everybody's aware of this, are up 50%. Heating oil is up 68%. One third of the homes in the United States consume heating oil. Another third are heated by natural gas prices, which over the past, this year alone, in the first nine months, natural gas prices are up a whopping 175%. If you take gas, and heating oil and natural gas, and you give them equal weights in the price rise, these three components 
have risen on average 98%. And when uh, we get into the uh, uh, winter season over the next month or so, consumers will go into shock when they see their gas bills. Food inflation is being reported at 4.6%. Uh, meat, poultry, fish and eggs are up 10.5%. Uh, I'm a consumer and I'm an occasional consumer. And I went to the market last week and ribeye steaks, which were in the case for $18 a pound are up uh, to $24 a pound. That's an increase of 33%. Because the cost of meat has risen by at least 20% since the summer. I've never seen this before, but the meat case in our local market is half empty now because there's price resistance to higher prices. Let's take a look at the UK. In the UK, Food and Beverage Foundation reports uh, that inflation is running at a 14 to 18%. In the UK, in the month of August alone, their price index jumped by 3.2%, which equates to a 38% annualized rate of gain. Now, you, you read in the media that inflation is bad for the stock market and that inflation, as inflation rises, the stock market will go down. Let's take a look at the worst inflation period in the US over the past 100 years. In 1972, the CPI was going up at a rate of 3.5%. Eight years later, in 1990, it crested at 13.5%. How did the stock market do? It went up 64% over this period. And corporate uh, America is ingenious how it deals with all types of economic environments. Whether we have a strong dollar or a weak dollar, we have low interest rates or high interest rates. We have low inflation, high inflation. Corporate America is very astute and will make the adjustments. During this high inflation period of uh, eight years from 1972 through 1980, they made many adjustments and improved profits at a rate of 142%. Uh, the higher profits go, the higher stock markets go. That's always been the case, and that will always be the case. So what you're telling me here that this isn't all doom and gloom, that there could be an upside. So how do we take this negative situation here and flip it around? Okay, uh, what ultimately has to happen, uh, which is part of the business cycle, uh, when inflation reverses its head, uh, typically the Federal Reserve takes action, constrains the money supply, and raises interest rates. Uh, that is not happening this time around, uh, in part because the chairman of the Fed is running for re-election in February, and he's, he's being sympathetic, I'll put it this way, sympathetic to the current administration, which is trying to sell the American people on gargantuan spending of $4.7 trillion. So the Fed is purposely keeping interest rates low as inflation spirals higher and higher in order to accommodate what the administration wants in the way of gargantuan spending. So Robert, what type of action do you feel that people should be taking right now 
All right. Uh, in my view, the only place to be in the investment world is in stocks. Historically, stocks have provided the highest hedge against inflation. And this means in good periods, good business periods, bad business periods, taking into account recessions, which are inevitable. And if you look historically, the rate of return on stocks has been 10%. The rate of inflation has been 3.5%. So in real terms, if you have money in the stock market, your real growth in spending power goes up by 6.5% uh, every year, which is the norm. It doesn't mean it's gonna happen every year, but over a period of 10 to 20 years, investors will do very well in being in the stock market. Now, inflation uh, reportedly is running at a rate of 5.4%. Treasury bonds are yielding somewhere in the vicinity of 1.5%. By holding treasury bonds, uh, investors are losing uh, money in real terms because what they make uh, on coupon payments is not enough to compensate for a much higher rate of inflation. Stocks are the only answer. Historically, they have been the only answer. And going forward, in my view, they are the answer. But not everybody shares my view, Aaron. So is there a particular stock or industry that we should really be focusing in right now, be it tech, blue chip, or the commodity stocks? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, the stock market and the economy both have undergone profound change over the past 10 years. 10 years ago, two of the largest five stocks in the S&P 500 were tech stocks comprising 4% of the overall index. If you look at the S&P today, the top five stocks, which are Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, and Google, comprise an unprecedented 22% of the overall index. Last year, corporate profits because of the pandemic contracted by 15%. If you take those same five companies, they increase their earnings by 38%. They are less sensitive to economic cycles, they are market leaders. And for the first time uh, in, in history, uh, you'll find that tech dominates the NASDAQ uh, by comprising 60% of its overall index weighting, whereas the comparable number for the S&P 500 is 33%. Now, what I'm about to say is heretical to the way people think but the old standard for passive investors has always been the S&P 500. In the S&P 500, you have Ford, you have Xerox, which peaked in price in 1999. In 2000, AIG, General Electric, Corning, peaked in price in 2000. I would argue that based on what has transpired in the stock market over the last 10 years, where the queues, which are synonymous for the NASDAQ 100 composite have returned 538%. The Qs have far outdistanced the S&P 500 or spiders coming in at a rate of improvement of 267%. For investors that use a passive investment strategy, I would strongly uh, encourage them uh, to transition out of the S&P 500 into the NASDAQ 100. And I think five, uh, 10 years from now, they will be very happy that they did so.
Well, Robert, we really appreciate you coming on today's show and enlightening us and helping us understand transitory inflation and what the best steps are moving forward. And thank you, Aaron. It's always my pleasure to appear on American Dreams. Thank you very much.